This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Hello everybody. That was that's as far as I've gotten with the intro. <laughs> Luke is here. He's just being really silent. <laughs> it is a study in literacy, and we are back. We're live. Welcome to another hour of us desperately trying to come up with topics to talk about <laughs> because I didn't do no prep this week. <laughs> and we've just spent like the last half hour talking about different stuff. So, well, one of them was Mary Poppins. It was, and the reason that came up is because I got the DVD while I was away recently. Mm. And at the start of it, it goes based on the books mm-hmm. by blah, 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 blah. And I thought, oh, I didn't know they were books. And that kind of piqued my interest, did some reading up, discovered, oh, they are. There's a set of, I think it was eight books. Eight books. And, and the first, did you say the first yeah, the three? Yeah, the first three were based on Mary Poppins visiting the kids and having adventures. And this is what I've read anyway. I haven't got the books yet. Um, and the next five were based on the kids remembering stuff they did with Mary Poppins and her previous visits because the author said there's only so many times Mary Poppins can show up all the show time, up, yeah, every time. Considering she, she only like blows in with the wind when needed. <laughs> blows in with the wind. <laughs> she does. She comes in with her umbrella um, and on the wind. So cool. it was um, written by, I'm trying to find um, precisely... Who wrote it? Because, of course, we all know the film. Yes. Yeah, everyone knows the film. Although I'm pretty sure no one probably knows who directed the film. They could tell you who Mary Poppins and Dick Van Dyke is. Um, I can't remember his character's name. Oh, I can't remember her name. It's it's one of those things. As soon as you say it's you realise she's been in a Everything. whole lot of stuff. Everything. Is it like a gene? I can't remember. So it is indeed eight books. Uh, written by an Australian-British writer, P.L. Travers, hmm. and published over the period, can you guess the decades? It's like the 40s or 50s, wasn't it? Around about, yeah. Uh, 1934 to 1988. It's quite a lot uh, of years. And the illustrator, Mary Shepard. Oh, I do remember reading that there's an illustrator. Mm-hmm. I do plan to try and hunt down the books so that I can have a read of them. Yeah. Uh, so the, the director... Of the uh, film is Robert Stevenson, mm. which I've heard. I have heard that name quite I've a few heard times. That name. Uh, the story story by Pamela Lyndon Travers. P. L. Oh, I was going to say, is it a female or a male author? Yeah. Um, screenplay. Blah, blah, blah. Random side note. Um, yes. Don't know if you remember the Bobsy Twins. They were a series of books from a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the author was Laura Lee Hope, actually written by a man, but he didn't think that the kids' books would sell with a man's name oh. on it, so he's, his pen name was Laura Lee. Interesting. Yeah. Laura Lee, L-A-U-R-A-L-E-E? Three words. So Laura, then Lee, then Hope. Oh, yeah. okay. Hyphenated? Nope. Mm. And uh, then also her, the later books are not written by the same guy. There's about four, I think, authors How would we end. know that? <laughs> it I, could be him and changing no, his name each time. No, because if you're slightly obsessed like I was when I was younger, the writing style changes and you get to a point where you can pick which books have been uh, written by similar people, mm-hmm. probably the same person, and which ones were written by the original guy. Mm-hmm. And then some of the others were just bad. <laughs> I, mean, I just didn't like the writing style and some of the others I did. So I was just like, yeah, this has changed. So I looked it up when I could get the internet because we didn't have it back home then. I think I went to the library or something. And yeah, discovered that he had 
kind of got bored of writing and wanted to write something else. Okay. And he basically <clears throat> put out, oh, if you, you want to write some, yeah. keep with this thing, you know, this kind of stuff. You so can use a pen name. Yeah. Interesting. And someone aged the twins terribly. Ah. Yeah. In the first book, they were, I think it was six and three, and then they become four and eight. Okay. No. Yeah, something. I don't know. They don't age properly. Right. Really. They double them, but that doesn't work. Well, so I was close with the J, mm. Julie Andrews. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say Julia Roberts, and I knew it wasn't no, her. Yeah. I, I was keep like, it's thinking, not her. I keep thinking Julianne Moore, <laughs> but it's not her. No, Julie Andrews. Uh, I, right. I feel ashamed that I did Sorry, not remember Julie. that name. I am familiar with her work, but uh, remembering names is not mm. uh, one of the things that I'm very good at. I'm one of those people, too, that sits there and it's like, oh, I've seen that person in something else, yep. but because I can't remember the actor's name. Mm-hmm. I can't look them up as easily. You have to find the characters and who played who yeah. in that movie and then look what that person did. The uh, So when you were talking about uh, Mary Poppins and kids' books and stuff, yes. I thought of one. Yes. Mr. Pudgeons. I've heard of it, but I never read it. We had... Uh, it was written in 1951. Yeah. Ruth Christopher Carlson. One of my favourite books. I don't know how many times I read it. So it's also about, apparently babysitters were a very popular theme. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pudgeons was a babysitter, and he was also magical. Oh, wow. Uh, lovely old man uh, with a pipe. Mm. And uh, in the first, it was sort of like an anthology. Uh, each chapter was a different time that Mr. Pudgeons came to look after the children. There were three kids in this one. Um, uh, John, Pete, and Jane. And at some point, Mr. Pudgeons would sit back and he'd light up his pipe and strange things began to happen. That sounds really cool. Was it a book that your mum or dad had kept over and you read it? I don't know if they had it as children themselves. Uh, I get the feeling that it may have been um, one of those things that you buy for 50 cents at the library. Yeah. Uh, during during one of their sales, yeah. <clears throat> but some of the stuff that happened, it was really quite inspired. One of them interested me, and it got me interested in looking things up, because it made mention in the book of scarlet fever. Oh, which I can't remember details about it now. But in the book, I thought scarlet fever. What on earth is that? Yeah. Because this the this particular chapter was the children had scarlet fever and they had to be quarantined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the parents had to stay away. So they got Mr. Pudgeons to come and look after them while they were being quarantined what inside. What rule is that? No, uh, we can't go near you because you're sick. Oh, we'll call well, the babysitter. <laughs> well, this, um, he was, you know, the perfect babysitter. Yeah. He was perfect at everything. He was great at everything. And there was, um, there was something about a train set in this particular chapter. And uh, the, the train started belching like real smoke yep. but it was flavoured and it smelled like all these different scents so basically someone put one of them vape things in it that, that's what <laughs> he was doing he would tap a little bit of stuff into wow. the yeah uh, and then there was another uh, another one of the chapters where the faucets faucets you know this was obviously yep. written by an American uh, would uh, output different flavours of soda pop Ooh. Uh, of course soda pop yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's the first time I ever read the term root beer. Oh. Because I was really yeah. confused. Because I saw the word beer and I'm like, oh, you can't give beer to no, children. I'm pretty sure it was, I don't know which kid's book it was, but yeah, I remember thinking, but like, 
No, kids can't have beer. Yeah, root beer, it's basically ginger ale, right? I think so. Um, um, I think I think my brother may have tried it. And when okay. I, someone I know has, I'm pretty sure it was him. And right. when I asked what it was like, he just said gross. Oh, okay. I mean, great they, description. They also, they have root beer floats, they which we do. call spiders. Or ice cream sodas. Ice cream sodas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a super cool one. There was another one where um, I, I feel like one of the kids started flying and, it, totally and they tied string to him and used him like a kite. I feel like that's <laughs> not made up because I feel like I know this. <laughs> so, Mr. Pudgeons, yeah. it, even as an adult or or a teenager or what, it's a really fun time. And you can, because every chapter is really short, of course, yeah. as a kid, I was like, oh, it's so many pages. But as a, you can read one chapter and it's a whole contained story. story yeah really really cool uh really cool thing i've remembered how old the bobsy twins were so mm-hmm. in the first book they were eight and four okay and then when they had their birthdays at some point they became six and twelve right and i'm sitting there going but the older ones have aged four years and the younger ones have aged two years this doesn't work mm. i remember this big discussion with ch- my mom and she's just like it's just a book but it's a children's book you're not supposed it. to do maths <laughs> I liked math, so I did. And like to me, to me, it just made no sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was just annoying. Yeah. But no, they're good books. I'm pretty sure mum had a couple of them, or grandma did, and that's how I got into them. And then I started hunting around the secondhand bookshops for them and book sales and stuff. Mm-hmm. There were 75, I think, in total, and I got 37 wow. in the end before they became too expensive. Yeah. In, in terms of buying lots of things, this is literacy related, don't worry. Yes. It is word related. We, we do words real good. Yeah, <laughs> we can even make sense sometimes. The, uh, I had the James Bond 007 collector's magazines. They had magazines yes. for that? Yep, they were, um, uh, I don't know if you, do you remember K-Zone? Oh my God, I love that yep. magazine. Those were neat. Uh, and they came in those little books, but they did yes. 007 James Bond. I was a James Bond kid. One, while not. while all the other kids were watching like Pokemon and stuff, I was watching James Bond. <laughs> I had I've never seen a James Bond movie. Okay. I had the whole box set from my dad of all what twenty two of them. It doesn't oh, wow. have the latest over lockdown. Right. No matter how bored I got, wow. did not crack open. I watched some Charles Dickens movies instead. Oh. They were interesting. But, but Dickens yeah. is good. Dickens is good. But yeah, I was just like, and then I gave Dad back the box set when I'd finished, like after lockdown. Yep. He's like, oh, did you enjoy them? It's like, didn't watch them. Mm. And there was a day where I did nothing because I couldn't decide <laughs> what to do. So I don't think I'm going to watch them. Yeah, James Bond is cheese incarnate. It's stupid and ridiculous. I'm sure I would enjoy silly. it if I was forced to watch one, but... It's, yeah, they, they're like, um, oh, they called them something, they're, they're things that, they're just, you don't need to think. No, it I'm doesn't just, engage your brain like at all. Like action movies, it's aren't mindless they? action movies about a man who who gets all the girls and all that sort of stuff. And who I wouldn't want to be one. that man? I am looking forward to the new one. Uh, I do. I like the fact that you can jump in at any point. Like if yes. I wanted to go watch the new one without seeing any of the yeah. others, I could. And I'm not going to go. Know Ooh, what, what am I missing? Like, yep. yeah. Uh, and that that is, you know, it's good writing. It's yes. an e- evidence of good writing in films. Uh, but yeah, some of them have a few callbacks to previous mm. films, but they're really minor. And they, and if you don't get them, you're just like, oh, 
and then you just continue watching the movie. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. You're not missing anything. It's not like you're going to sit there going, I don't get what's going on. Yeah. There was, like I say about how they don't require much thought, there was, um, there's been a lot of debate for years about how, oh, is James Bond just a code name like 007? Because they've had different actors play James Bond. Huh. And uh, at some point, people who were part of the filmmaking process um, were just like, we don't care. You're not supposed yeah. to think about that. There's not some big conspiracy. because, Like, you can believe it if you want, but we're not trying to do anything. I, I do love how people will overthink stuff Harry in a Potter. movie. Yeah, and they'll be like, I just... <laughs> In any movie, and then they'll be like, "Oh my god, da 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 da," and they'll ask all these questions online, and the author's just like, "Seriously, <laughs> did not think that hard about why I made that curtain blue." <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're back to the curtain. We are back uh, to the curtain. No, it's it it is fun though because during going back to D and D again, during Dungeons and Dragons, sometimes your players will come up with an idea, and as a GM, you usually just have to say. Yep, yep. I, I definitely thought of that. And you just have to try to pretend that you absolutely thought of that solution. And you just have to roll with it. I think that a smart di- film director or a writer will do that mm. with their readers and viewers. They'll just be like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that was implied in there. Did you and, not get it? And then if you're really good, you'll put in like a little Easter egg in your next publication yeah. to that so that the people can be like, oh, <laughs> you can make them feel really smart. Making your readers feel smart is a good way to sell a book. It really is, actually. I must admit I love the books where the author assumes we're smart enough to wrap up some mm, of the loose ends ourselves yes. and he doesn't or she doesn't wrap up every single loose end because I mean when they do that it's just like give us some credit I like I got the gist that that dude got home mm. I don't care how you need Ch- to tell me children's got books home. are the ones where you have to yeah. you know make it really clear but I, I I also love any kind of film or book that it doesn't have redundant text I say text because I'm thinking of in the yep. form of books um, it's what I've had to consider when I'm doing writing mm. I write something and I go I don't need to write that because people who are reading this should know what that word I just wrote meant yes. so I take out a bit of something and um, like shortened sentences you don't need a really big long right. one if you can put it more succinctly I can't um, I can't speak for other writers um, I, f- I feel so like ego when I say that. <laughs> Other writers. No, I, I I write things. I am a writer. Sorry. Yep. It's, it, it is, it I is. can technically claim to be a writer. I'm a very waffly writer. Yeah. But it um, works yeah, I mean, for you what have I write. You blog and you, you do a diary and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so the, way, the way I write mm-hmm. is quite waffly. So, I mean, I will put in a long sentence. Yeah. But that is how everything's written. Absolutely. So it makes sense. Whereas for something you've written... You would not write in the same style as me. I I, ne- I do a lot of editing. Mm. Um, some of the writing that I'm doing right now for Black Void, I was telling about it last night, um, this is a high-quality, high-production product that's going to be sold to people. Mm. So I need to do the absolute best yes, that I can. You need to edit that, yep. but not so much that it's over-edited. That's that's, right. I think that's also where some people fall into a trap. Mm-hmm. Is And I know I... I never quite got that far at uni because I didn't edit enough. Right. But I had a friend that often got comments, you've over-edited this. I see. And it's lost, like it's lost its flow. That's right. And it's like, I do think some authors kind of get to that point as well sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're just not confident in their work. 
There'd be. I think we spoke uh, to when Andrew Harris was in yeah. here. We talked about that, and he, he three and, editors. Yeah, and he he. I remember him mentioning because I heard this the other day as well when I was uh, listening to an interview between the project lead of Black Void being interviewed by another guy. He's. They were talking about how eventually. You have to release the products. You do. You <laughs> so do. You, you need to stop editing, and you need to actually yep. get it out there. Yep. Things like um, like a Dungeons and Dragons world, you can keep adding on to that. Yeah. Because it's all it's mostly improv anyway. Yeah. But for something that's going to be sold to people, that's going to be yep. on the market. And I mean, you can you can add to it in the sense that you can add extra additions yeah. occasionally, yep. or booster packs, or whatever form they can, might take. Yeah, but you the can do main product needs finish yeah and you can do errata where um tabletop games do all this all the time because uh you have first second third fourth dungeons and dragons is currently fifth edition and some rules existed before um and players have discovered like a really bad typo or a rule that is just really awful and the developers say yeah we agree with you so here's Mm. an online supplement to say hey when you're using this rule do this instead my brother every so often gets very frustrated when they re-release rule books Warhammer. in Warhammer. Yes. Because yeah. they're not cheap books to purchase. No, they are not. They're about $80 each. Some are more than that. Yep. Yep. And yep. he'll buy it. Let alone the models, which are oh, sometimes yeah. $80 each for one. Well, there's one model that he wanted me to buy when I was in the UK. And he was like, oh, you love me, eh? Christmas is coming up. I was like, what? It's £700 for one. Yikes. It was a tank, but for <clears throat> one. Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it, it gets pretty great, especially if you buy it from the source, which is Games Workshop. Yeah, most uh, of them, they do have to buy from Games Workshop. They are very high quality. They've um, changed some of the rules that you can't use non-Game Workshop models mm-hmm. for some of them, so makes it a little bit more complicated. But, I mean, when they're painted up nice, my brother paints them up really, really good, they do look amazing. So Yes, yes, especially if you use um, certain techniques, like dry brushing is one that I learned, because I, for years, I was like, I'm not good enough, but then I learned, it's mostly technique. He's got something, it it just looks like a liquid, but it makes any armour look worn. It's a wash. Yeah, he's got that, that just, it makes it all look way better. Dry brushing is one of my favourite things. When I managed it, I was like, I'm a proper professional now because that's how when you're looking at uh, at a model like that and you're like, how did you get each individual ring on the chainmail? All you do, you get the most minute amount of paint on your brush and then you get rid of more yeah. and you just go over it just really yeah. lightly and it will. it's basically leaving little specks of paint yeah. and then once it's dried, blink a few times, you look at it and it looks amazingly wow. detailed. There's no you know, super amazing skill that you need. It's a technique. Yep. Anyone can do it. I think he uses his ear. Oh, he's got an airbrush. Yeah, I wish I had like a really tiny yep. airbrush. Yep. Um, but I'm, he'll buy the smallest size paintbrush, mm-hmm. take some of the bristles out because there's too many, yep. Yep. so that you can paint the coat of arms on and That's stuff. Right. Like, yep. I can't even see that little. They, they take it seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they should. So one of the um, one of the other things that I wrote down, I must have written it last week, was um, I had heard something. I don't know what it is now, but uh, pieces of music that have now made it into being like sayings that we have oh. in just casual conversation. 
Interesting. Are there any that you can really think of that you that are from like an old song or a new song and it's become something that's that's part of normal language now? I know that as soon as you give examples, I'm going to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It's like Julie Andrews. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's one that, like, my brain never gives me the answer I need. So mm. my brain is now thinking of songs that Ken will sing one line to and then I sing the next song. Ah. Because it's what we do in the office. Yeah. And we do not sound weird at all, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it's uh, it's it's much more insane to do that you know I'd, I'd rather be talking and having conversations with my teddy bear than than singing to he is, gar- he is guarding my house at the moment <laughs> um hopefully cooking me dinner but i'm not holding my breath you you took your bears down with you to uh nelson yeah in all fairness i took my bear mm. and dad's bear who was staying with me mm-hmm. and richard took his bear so it just looks like in some photos it looks like i've got three teddy bears mm-hmm, i've mm-hmm. only got i love Go a lot, but I only took one of mine down. I, I love you're like trying to rationalise it, but there's no way. No, so anyway, Big Ted, who has a gorgeous waistcoat now that I made him, and Big it's got Ted yellow is your dad's lining. One, I presume. Yeah, yeah, that's a dad name. It, um, dad got him when play school was really big. Oh yeah, I've got little Ted mm-hmm. because Dad was going to throw him out. And you can't throw out little Ted. You can't throw out little Ted. Little They're Ted living is, creatures. They need a Ted's home. Little Ted's so cute. So I've taken and I've adopted little Ted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's now one of mine. Right. Um, but yeah, big Ted's staying with Richard for a while. Okay. But he's got a nice little black denim waistcoat that I made with some yellow lining in it. Awesome. It's pretty sweet. That's cool. How'd yeah. you make it? Soda on the sewing machine. Cut up a pair of jeans I don't wear anymore. I swear, I thought you said soda for a moment, and I thought you were just going to stop. And yeah. I'm like, would you do get drunk on soda? And then you were just like, oh, I'm going to make it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> don't even think I was drunk when I made it. So we were, we were talking about uh, theatre stuff before we went we live. Were. What's your favourite play that Ooh. you have encountered or helped backstage on? My favourite play. Or performed in. I mean, you did play the colour. <laughs> I played the red-headed witch in Macbeth because oh, I was the yeah. only red-headed girl in my class. Mm-hmm. Typecasting. Yeah, <sighs> total typecasting. I try not to be on stage. I'm not a fan of it. Mm. Um, I think the only other time I've been forced to be on stage was in a fashion show where I had to wear a wedding dress and there <laughs> may have been a massive tantrum backstage before because I was not meant to be on the stage. Oh, I see. I was meant to be helping girls get ready backstage. Right. Um, but my favourite play that I've seen would be Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys. Yeah, I love a musical. Okay. And it, I don't know, I've seen, so I've seen it in New Zealand and I've seen <clears throat> it in Soho in London. Oh, okay. Um, and both were amazing. Wow. What's it about? Like, Some boys from like, Jersey? So I think it's set in like the 50s. Oh, Okay. I think like, I can't really remember. It's got really good songs. Most of the songs you probably know without knowing that they're from there. Mm, yep. Um, and it's like it's four guys just doing their thing, hanging out. Yeah. I mean, there is actually. Were they looking for an uptown girl <laughs> living in <No>. her <laughs> white bread world? No. I mean, there's actually probably a way bit synopsis online somewhere. But, right. And I also recently saw Grease through oh, at Grease. Napier Operatic. Uh huh. So good. 
Is it though? <laughs> I just, it was, to me, that version was really funny because the president of our theatre board mm-hmm. is, she was playing the really stern teacher, telling everyone off, and I cannot imagine Kim being like that. Ever. <laughs> so every time she's on stage, like yelling at people, I sit there laughing. Right. Off. I loved, I loved playing Oberon in Midsummer Night's Dream. That yeah. was so much fun. It wasn't very long because we just did little excerpts. Uh, but yeah, I got to go really all out with that. Nice. I got good uh, good feedback as well. Yeah. Uh, but he's a bit biased, but he is honest. My dad came to it. Yeah. Uh, and he said that I was the easiest to understand. Because oh, we didn't have mics or anything. But he said that a lot of the others, they were they were either mumbling or they weren't projecting enough. Mm. Um, and so I was just like, thank you, genetics, for giving me a really good voice. I mean, there is a skill in being able to project yourself so you can be heard yeah. while not yelling. Mm. Because you can't yell. That's yeah, not that's the same right. thing. That's right, because it, it has a different cadence. It does, but yelling, not everyone can project. Yeah, yelling has that cadence of anger, yep. whereas projecting your voice, I would love to be able to throw my voice. That's what I Ooh. really want to be able to do. Because then I can mess with people. Like, they go into the bathroom and I'm just like, help, I'll work myself. <laughs> I always wanted to be able to yodel. Oh. Randomly. I can't do actual proper yodeling. I can do the yodeling that everyone can yeah, do. Yeah. Where you just say yeah. yodla la la yeah. over and over again. I can do that. But I can't actually yodel. I heard this amazing well, I saw this amazing video that had the best audio. It was um a woman in I think like uh, the Netherlands or Scandinavia and it's a way to call um horses. Oh. And it was her demonstrating it and she does this amazing it's like projecting it's like she projected her voice, but she had amped up the the quality of it. And you could hear it echoing across all of these hills. Wow. It was incredible. And then you see this horse like running all the way down the mountain and comes all the way to her. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's an amazing skill. I it's also like, think... It's like throat singing. Yeah, and like for farmers that can whistle really loud. Yes. I can't do that. Without having to use their fingers. Yeah, there's no way I could whistle my dog even if you're standing right next to me, to be honest. I straight up can't whistle. I can whistle, but it's super quiet. Ah. So I don't think it really counts. I mainly accidentally whistle when I'm saying words like whistle. Sometimes a little (laughs) comes out. (laughs) Maybe I just need to keep going, whistle, and it'll eventually happen. Maybe. Just do whistle and yodel all day long and Ah. see what happens. You won't be locked up, I swear. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I'll just say, don't worry, I was talking to my teddy bear. (laughs) Yeah, back on theatre stuff, yes. um, my TV is not the biggest fan of theatre. <clears throat> no, no. Um, but coming up at Theatre Hawks Bay is Foot Rock Flats. Yes. Which I think the cast might be getting sick of people going, oh, a slice of heaven in it. Mm. It's not, people. It's not. It's a credit song yeah, in the sense. movie. It's not. Yeah. And the stage show is not like the movie. Right. It's totally different, apparently. Is it a different story, or are they just... It, and I mean wholesale, or are they taking bits from... Okay. I have absolutely no idea. Gotcha. do not remember what the movie's like. I've just been told it's So that means, listeners, that you need to go to Theatre Hawke's Bay. You do. On what dates? It is between the 19th of November and the 5th of December. Mm-hmm. There is a matinee on at least one of the Sundays. Okay. 
and there's dinner and show on some of the other nights. You can go to both, or you can just go to the show if you don't want the dinner. Or you can buy a ticket for every showing and support the yeah. local And go see theater. it many, 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 many times. times. And when you're there, totally appreciate the set, because I helped build that and paint it. <laughs> I gave her a drill. And I may have accidentally flipped paint on my other set builders, but not myself one day. I, I mean, you say accidentally. But I didn't mean to do it. But I also didn't really apologise for having done it. Why don't I believe you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I say that because I would have done it. <laughs> I mean, once I discovered I was doing it, I may not have stopped the action that was doing it. But right. I didn't intentionally okay. start so, out trying oh, to paint them. Oh, look at that. Oh, look, it keeps flicking. Well, I should probably stop. Apparently, at the end of the rows, like when we're painting the big barrel, it would flick to the one. Yes. Yeah, but I wasn't paying enough attention. Last time I did some large painting, it was helping my dad paint a fence. And he, he spent a few minutes explaining like how to do the painting and stuff. At the end, guess whose shoes were covered in paint? His. They weren't mine. I, I <laughs> he had paint all over himself because he was talking about how, you know, you can't flick yes. the paint. And I was, and I'm just like, yeah, I've been painting stuff for a few years now on the miniature. But yeah, he ended up with paint all over yep. himself. And he said, I guess I should have taken my own advice, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, after the second day of painting, I managed to not only have my hands covered in black and white paint, because mm -hmm. the seat's in black and white, but my legs were covered in black paint. Oh, okay. And Nigel looks at me, he's like, how'd that happen? It's like, well, I may have accidentally dropped some paint on the floor and then forgotten I dropped the paint on the floor and now turned it. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it Possibly would, sat in it too, I don't it, know. It would have been even funnier if you said, I was wearing long pants too, <laughs> so I don't know how. <laughs> Should have done that. I do have paint on my gym clothing because I went, to set building after the gym one day thinking oh. Oh, I won't get any paint on my black gym pants oh no of course not of course not and there's this like nice little line that goes right across my knee and like, just, just tell people it's it's artisan pants and people will think that you're really <laughs> high class put artisan in front of anything and you and yeah. you sound really really fancy I'm like oh I, I got artisan bread yeah. well like instead of saying an artist say I'm an artist an artist <laughs> makes you sound like that bit more impressive pretentious oh right yes that yeah one. I was going to say <laughs> no one says you're pretentious to your face though. no I mean they say it behind your back but not to your face see there's a weird phrase behind your it's your back of it's course behind. it's behind you <laughs> <laughs> And there are so many phrases like they that. They don't make sense. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, I, of course, we reach a point where we've just said that and neither of us can think of one. No. But, there, but I also did realise we never actually went back. Do you have any examples of those song lyrics that are now everyday phrases? I had one, which is why I'd written it down, because I heard it from someone. Uh, it was, um, it's sort of like how last night at the quiz, third place, by the way, we, we. at Theatre Hawks Bay Quiz Night. Um, <laughs> we, we roughly do one every every two months, so keep an eye mm. on the website. That that would be, that's a good way to, to upsell yourself. People talk about that all the time when it comes to uh, getting into a job. Use language like, no, no, don't say that you came third, say you came in the top three. That makes you sound way more impressive oh, yeah. than you really are. <laughs> Well, no, because if you came in the if you came second, you'd say I was in the top two. So people kind of figure yeah, but, it out. Well, that that means that you'd be lying. You don't have to lie, but you can make it sound like you're really good. So yep. you can say, "Yeah, I came in the top three. Top three. Wow! Out of how many? Nine. Eight. 
Oh, there was eight? There was eight. We still, I mean, I normally come last. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm totally stoked that we actually We, we had placed. some pretty stellar teamwork, though. We did. I think we had a good mesh of people who knew different things, mm. so it worked well. Particularly Amy. She has all sorts yeah. of stuff sitting in Mal that had an incredible amount of randomness She did, in yeah. Her. She was real fast with correct answers as well. Yeah. Like she'd write it down. I'm like, how do you know that? Yeah, like, <laughs> I haven't finished asking the question yeah. yet. <laughs> like it was um, the... the um, how many types of birds yeah. in the 12 days of Christmas and she just went yep six <laughs> like, like trying to count how, them yeah how did you so quickly I could only think of four I think I got to five yeah because it was we, we we thought of doves but it's turtle doves yeah um, so they're you know doves that swim is that what a turtle dove is <laughs> no I'm full of it <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say well, that answers that question I've always had but no the um the the example I was thinking of for um for the not quite song lyrics but things that have mm. now entered our social lexicon of things that we say like Jesus wept yeah like that's if if you ask someone where that come from at first instinct you'd say oh, I don't know but then you thought oh well, it came from the Bible obviously mm. but people say oh Jesus wept like a like an yeah. exclamation of things yep. uh, yeah it's a it's an interesting thing to. Uh, and then think about things that are really innocuous and you think how did that happen and I was going to say with song lyrics as well it's also the was it popular already before it was in a song mm. but because of our age we think it's from the song yeah that's right or was it like an uncommon thing already being said by some people the song made it more popular that's right or did the song totally put those phrases mm -hmm. of words together in the yep. first place yeah, there's, there were a few... In the music round last night, there were things that I knew the... I had heard the song before, and I knew that one bit. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I know that one. But I don't know the name of the singer no, and or the, the only, name of the song. The only little hint that I know that helps sometimes is that Ken will put the song title in the audio. Mm. So half the time I'm like, I'm not quite sure what the title is, but these words probably could be it and they're yeah, in that snippet right. that we've had and very often you need to trim off a couple of words because yeah in that bruno mars song marry you it goes yeah. i think i, I want to marry, marry you. you most people say oh yeah that's the name of the song no it's not it's just yeah. marry you oh be i would laugh if you ever put on you know back in the emo days where the song titles were long and pointless <laughs> panic at the disco yes. uh, oh what was it called um my songs know what you did in the dark and stuff like that there's one Fall Out boy had some incredible Fall Out boy had well. one. it was like reinventing the wheel to throw myself on or something like that it was a really yeah. ridiculous name they've got one that i renamed on my playlist because the original one was like 15 words long and had nothing <laughs> to do with the song so i've given it a new title <laughs> yeah yeah Oh, the yeah. emo days. <laughs> oh. Good old My Chemical Romance. They never had ridiculous titles, though. They had, they had some good music. I they like had, their music. They have some great music. Mm. I don't think they should be ahead. They're still great. Yeah. What would, you, what would you say is your favourite band? My favourite band yeah, ever? just ever. Can I do favourite by genres? Because I have more than one. Yeah, if you want. My favourite by country would be Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, grew up with him, mm. so he's kind of stuck in there. Oh, wow, you knew him? What was he no. like at school? <laughs> he was amazing. He's way older than me, though, so, you know, must have been a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, no, he was in Cabbage Man. <laughs> uh, my favourite older rock, mm -hmm. you've got to separate the two, would be Dire Straits. Oh, yes. Yeah, grew up with that one as well. 
And my favourite modern day rock would be Shinedown. Oh, Simon loves them. Yeah, absolutely loves them. I would like them to produce a new album, but Smith and Myers have been working on their own thing, so it might be a while off. Ah, side projects. Yeah. I see. I hate it when they do side projects. <laughs> I want to be fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, it's good music that they're doing. It's more acoustic, and it's okay. good, it's good, but it's not what I want. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I've been um, for years, and my, my, I'll mention them so many times now that my dad remembers them, uh, Sonata <laughs> Arctica. They yeah. are they are a power slash symphonic yeah. ba- metal be band. Your favorite? Yes. Overall, like all genres. Yes. Hmm. Yep. Well, I, I only really listen to one genre anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's metal all the way because there's so many subgenres mm. there that yeah. I listen to all sorts. I'm um, Britney's my queen of pop. Love Britney Spears. Yeah. 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 I the first time I shaved my hair was when she did it. Oh okay. Did it's you do it because of her? I was at radio school. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why you preempted that with I was well, at radio school. When you're at radio school, you do random stunts. So they wanted, yeah, radio, you know, the edge, the edge sh- you know, I, they I do random have, stunts. I should have affectated the second word, do you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was no. it just you or was yeah. everyone else doing it as well? It was actually quite funny. So in class, when we were asked, they said that they're looking, or the edge was looking for someone to do a stunt. On live on air, and like everyone put their hands up except for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I don't feel like doing it. And they're like, it's got to be a girl, and like everyone's, all the boys are really sad, and the girls mm-hmm. keep their hands up. And I'm like, hey, maybe a little, my hand goes up a little bit. And then they're like, to shave her head, my hand goes straight in there, and everyone else's hands wow. come down. I'm like, oh, I guess that's me doing it. Okay. And so went to the edge that evening and shaved my head live on radio. Hold on a minute. They talk you through it. Like, they were describing what they're doing while they were shaving my head, but basically. They, for all the listeners knew, you could not be doing that, and you could just be making it up. Well, yeah, but they put photos on their website and stuff. Yeah, but it could be And like, I would have I done it. But you could have gotten a skull cap. I don't think they had those so common back then. Yeah, this was like 2007, 2006. Oh, yes, that's going back quite a way. Quite a way now. <laughs> um, I still remember when I got out and I checked my phone, I had a message from my grandma, and my grandma's like, oh, that was so cool, but just you wait till your mother finds oh, out. Oh, no. <laughs> and grandma went around telling all her friends how her granddaughter yeah. shaved her head. She's so proud. It was awesome. My mum cut a square into the back of my head by accident once. <clears throat> no, it's not like, still there. <laughs> Don't, she, none no, of you could say she coughing. leaned out over. I was leaning out to cough. I, I was not trying to see all. if there was a big giant square in the back the of The timing head. was too good. I was a little curious. <laughs> How did she cut a square? I think it was one of those, I can't quite remember it, but I remember they called it my little TV. That's what they referred to it as because it was it was like a perfect square. I think it was one of those things where I don't know maybe she was like moving the cord because we had a we had one of those clippers that came in the red toolbox looking thing, and um, Mum and Dad took really good care of it. It's still operational. Like that. It's still operational to this day uh, because they would like oil mm. it, and like, clean it, and everything. So look after the electronics, everyone. They I last don't for a long think time. my family knows about the oiling side of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that just gets thrown out. I think that's something that my dad mentioned. He he said that yeah, if you oil your electronics, that don't that aren't going to get ruined by it. Mm, that need it. Uh, keep them lubricated, especially things that with hair, because hair dries and it mm. will eventually churn things up. Um, yeah, I think it was it's because it was such a short cord, she was forever having to like flick yeah. it out of my shoulder and everything. Did she I, not have an extension cord? Uh, I think we had an extension cord, but it was one of those like, 
a hundred meter ones. Okay, yeah. So it would be a little bit impractical to put it in, in the kitchen. Uh, and she would, I think it was just one of those things where like she leaned a little bit and it went. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I remember it was it was my my television in the back of my head. I like it. I didn't. Mothers have <laughs> eyes in the back of their heads. Luke had a television. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always being watched. Yeah. For good reason. <laughs> I worked out when I got older that parents don't have eyes in the back of their heads. It's the fact that when you're doing something you shouldn't as kids, you go quiet. Yeah. And they go, oh, wait, kids it's quiet. quiet. That yeah. should not be right. So it's like, if you're listening and you're a child, if you're doing something naughty, don't go silent. That's right. That's where they catch you. So keep making noise. Keep making noise all the time. Never let your parents sleep, ever. Ever. I'm talking to you, Jackson and Colbin, yep. my two nephews. Jackson and Colbin, your parents do not need to <laughs> they sleep. They don't need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's also going to bring you some chocolate. I, hey. <laughs> Damn it, now I'm on the hook. I get what I, I get. What I get. Um, so we've got with us... Um, oh, yes, Summer Reading Guide. Yes, from Wardini Books. Who, if you didn't know, is the Nielsen Bookshop of the Year 2020, for 2020. Yes, indeed. And we interviewed Louise Ward uh, a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, we also interviewed Gareth Ward, just Gareth not Ward, about the bookshop. Uh, yeah. um, super interesting interviews, both of them, not just because we're in them. No, I mean, they, they brought a lot to the table. They did, well, they did. They? Um, so they have all sorts of stuff. If you're looking for decent yeah. books, hit them up. I'm um, say I'm pretty sure you can find this little summer reading guide around the place. If definitely from them, it's probably. Do you think it'll be digital on their website? Bound to be. Yeah, They've probably. got reviews and stuff on their website as well. But okay. I quite like it because it's set in like it's got different sections. It's got its fiction, its biography, yep. and non-fiction. What and ones? It's got uh, children and youth. What ones take your interest immediately? So many. How to Be Happy Through Though Human by Kate Champ, a timely collection of new and previously published work by one of Aotearoa's most acclaimed poets. So if you're looking for some poetry, you can get How to Be Happy Though Human, which makes it sound really bleak. <laughs> it does. Even though we're just bags of meat, you can still be it, happy. <laughs> it's kind of sad that it's fiction because it's like, well, if that was a non-fiction book, I might pick it up and go, oh, how it. to be happy. It, it, maybe it's got the secret to how to get out of the simulation that we are all clearly in. <laughs> or watch The Matrix. Uh, so, yeah, some pretty cool There's stuff some really there. good stuff in here, actually. Like, I've had a look and I think I could buy quite a few of these books. Mm -hmm. I was taken by quite a few of the little, not the little kids, but like the young adult ones. Right. Um, the one that I think looks hilarious is Cinderella is dead. <laughs> it's 200 years since Cinderella found her prince, but the fairy tale is definitely over. An electrifying twist on a classic that will inspire girls to break out of limiting stereotypes and follow their dreams. That sounds cool. It does sound cool. Yeah. And I like that there's more and more and more young adult books where it's it's encouraging girls to not go with the whole you need to be Find your married prince charming. Yeah. to be happy kind of thing. Like it's more becoming like a how to do things on your own that it's okay to you know be independent. That's right and whatnot, which I think is great because even when I was younger, even when the female heroes or whatever mm. did 
do stuff on their own. There's still always almost a These guy they're doing it for. The love triangle. Yeah. Where or they still they wanted to do this before they got married. Like there's right. still that end point. Oh, you have to the choose which man you're going to marry. No, you don't. You know, yeah. you don't have to ever get married. You don't have to ever get married. I'll, I've hated the whole Prince Charming thing for years. Oh, I, yeah. I never enjoyed that aspect of a lot of the cartoons. I would just passively watch them like, hey, hello, it's like a dragon and stuff. Yeah. And then they get married at the end. I would have already stood up to go and turn off the VCR yeah. by the time it's, that came up. It always annoyed me as well because it's like a man is not going to miraculously fix all the issues Correct. that may be in your world. No your person life. is going to no. miraculously fix. And just because you meet someone you like, it doesn't mean that you guys are going to get on always. Yeah, they like, could turn out to be awful. Yeah, or you guys could have lots of little niggly things mm-hmm. and you might both irritate each other a lot. Yes. You, you say that with a smile on your face. Should I, was just, should I leave? No, should I was I just <laughs> thinking about our conversation earlier about how, you know, petty annoyances can yeah. turn into, like, massive things. Have there ever been any really petty things that you'll split up with someone over? Nah. <laughs> I usually ditch them before it gets to that. Yep, yeah, fair enough. Yep. Uh, there's a there's a Jack Reacher book because those uh, are never going to end. They're never going to end. An only child. I don't think the diary of a wimpy kid is ever going to end either. Uh, although this book says it's number fifteen, I could have sworn wow. there were more than. 15. I thought there were less. I thought there were way more. It's the, been around forever. The, the first time I encountered it was there was a film about it, and that's when I first discovered that it existed. I remember shelving them when I worked in the library, and that's a long time ago now. Wow. Um, this is a Stephen Fry book. Ooh. Uh, I love Stephen Fry. Troy. Uh, it is a book about Troy. Helen of Troy, the Trojans, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Graham Norton. Is he the... It's spelled different, I think, because it's in fiction, isn't it? And isn't... It, it is in fiction. I feel like it's not the Graham Norton no, as in the talk show. Isn't the like other this. Graham Norton spelled the other Graham way? With an E on the end. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. There is I've in... watched, I, I haven't watched television in eons. I pay attention. <laughs> um, there is an amazing Aotearoa activity book for kids. It's a fabulous book apparently for 7 to 12 year olds, although I might get it because it looks fun. Mm-hmm. It's got 60 plus awesome games, puzzles and activities. Nice. I love I love those books as kids, you know, when you get all the different activities and then you could learn yeah. stuff I as well. I might take this home and pick one of those up for, uh, for the nephews. Yeah. Or although I'd probably have to get one for each because they'll start fighting over it. Otherwise, you would need to. <laughs> hey, look, there's lifestyle and cooking on the back page. We don't really need to worry about I, that. I like the look of this one: Monsters in the Garden, an an, an anthology of Aotearoa New Zealand science fiction and fantasy. Ooh. The front cover is amazing. It's got a UFO sucking up people, a woman carrying a green person, and some sort of dragon in the background. That's cool. On the back page, there is two books that would be very relevant for us. Yes. Curious English Words and Phrases, The Truth Behind Expressions We Use, and Word to the Wise, Untangling the Mix-Up, Misuse, and Myths of Language. Those are super cheap. Ten bucks for Curious English Words, Word to the Wise for 12 bucks. They look, like, cool as well. Wow. I listened to a really amazing... I used to say radio, but it was produced by the BBC. You can get it free uh, uh, on Audible... And it's Stephen Fry's um, English English something English Fry. I, they called it something. It was some sort of wordplay. Yeah. And it was something like an eight part, uh, thirty minutes each, where Stephen Fry talks about and two people who are knowledgeable about 
the use of language. Oh, that sounds um, good. There's a whole episode on puns and the origination of them and how to make a good one. As there's in, no such th- <laughs> there's no such thing as a good pun. None. And that is the magic of the pun. They are all awful, which is what makes them great. Yes, there are some that are so bad they're good. Yep. Oh, look, it's a Chelsea Winter book. Mm. Uh, I'm. I would say I'll get that for my sister, but she's probably already got it. <laughs> she's really into it. Yeah. Uh, Witty Uramaya has another book out. It's oh, a yes. non-fiction one this time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tracing the history of the Māori people through the creation myths. Oh, wow. Sounds really good. I've always thought the Māori myths are super interesting. Yeah. Um, there was one, I can't remember the, the name of it. It's something about someone, uh, it was some sort of witch and she had like a claw that was on fire or something. I can't remember. I know when we were at primary school, we when we studied the Māori myths and mm. legends, we were tasked with, cre- with creating our own one. Oh, wow. And I did take the story from my dad. I did tell the teacher that my dad told the story when I said this is what we had to do, and I just rewrote it um, right. so that the teacher knew it wasn't actually my idea. <laughs> but my dad's story, and I've since wrote it into a book, was Ooh. it's just published for me nice. with like my probably about 10 or 11 year old pictures in uh-huh, it uh-huh. um dad's story was that the sun is a bit shy and needs to hide behind clouds when it's getting changed or wants to sleep or whatever oh. and when the clouds get really dirty because you know they're like his towels yeah and he's used them too much then he has to wash them and that's where we get our rain from wow yep that's so cool that's so cool that's absolutely something that people might actually believe uh some um yeah i can yeah. absolutely believe that that could become some kind of belief system yeah like when it was saying i mean dad was great at making up stories for us right and in that one it's like there's nothing you can actually disprove and with like a lot of stuff he says it's like you can't like you know it's wrong but you can't disprove it because of the way he's phrased mm. it which is mm-hmm. the genius thing that he does it's, it's one of the things that um scientists are always having to battle with as well because they still call it they call it the theory of evolution Mm. and the big bang theory because they've got all of this evidence that overwhelmingly points to this thing but one day something might happen and they're like oh oh we were wrong um there's a it was fiction um one of the anne rice she writes vampire listat those vampire books um those vampire books. Yeah. <laughs> Still some of the best vampire books ever. Right. Um, but yeah, in one of her books, she combi- combines the theory of the Big Bang Theory with creation, with evolution. Ooh. And it actually is the one that has made the most sense to me. I was like, you know what? That, I, I'm buying this version wow. of the world. Okay. Uh, it works with, especially the creation and evolution, that works the way she's written it. Mm-hmm. That they both are true. Right. And I don't know how she did it. I don't know if she did a lot of research for it or if she just kind of came up with an idea in her sleep kind of thing and put pen to paper. But That is where some of the best ideas come from. And then as soon as you wake up and start trying to write them down, it's like trying to hold water in cup hands. Yes, and like the harder you think on it, Mm -hmm. the more it drifts out of reach. I feel like there's a little goblin in your brain that... Every time that happens, it's just like, <laughs> I'm going to take it away slowly. I did like... I'm punishing you oh, for trying to engage your thought processes. There was the ad... It was for a fast food chain, I think. And with a guy, it's like, there's all these thoughts in your brain and it's like a filing system. And mm. someone accidentally knocks over a whole, yeah. like, 
drawer full or something yep. in the cabinet and the guy just keeps trying to walk into the glass doors instead oh, of opening yeah. one because yep. that part of his brain fell over and he lost all those mm-hmm, memories mm-hmm. of what to do. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what my brain looks I, like. I like to visualise it uh, where every time you get a new piece of information, it's like you push it in and it pushes another piece out, out. off a cliff and it Ooh. just disappears forever. How does it decide? Uh, it's random. Totally random. I remember reading somewhere that you it's like, can... It's like whack-a-mole. Oh, I like that game. You, you, you whack the information yes. in and a random one goes... I remember reading when I was younger that your brain can hold 10... No, 100,000 useless facts at a time. <laughs> is is, and that, I don't is know that one if, of your useless yeah, it's facts? Like, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's stuck in my brain. It's like, what other useless facts am I missing because this one won't get yeah, out? Yep, one of the useless facts that I had... So, so my dad went through phases, <laughs> and at one point he had the giraffe phase. Uh, like he liked giraffes, I, or he wanted to be a giraffe. It's hard to describe. Uh, he, the thing that he did, apart from raising us, my sister and I, and being a parent and being a father, being a husband, was entertaining people just in general i think it's one of the primary things that drives him it's sort of like me i want to be able to entertain people whether by comedy or or engaging conversation or whatever most of his while we're at home was fun uh comedy and one of the things that he did was he went through phases where it would usually be an animal there was giraffes there were donkeys uh we had pickled onions at one point um it's not an animal (laughs) sounds ridiculous but (laughs) i'll get to it in a moment and we learned through him that there were 21 species of giraffe. 21? Yep. And that's a useless fact that that's is of no use to anyone. Slightly more than I was expecting. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the whole, not a lot. I would have said like 15 to 20. It was through him that I learned that giraffes had a purple tongue. Oh, I, tongue. I read that on a <laughs> It's a useless fact. I've already forgotten. somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cereal box you, facts. No, you know how you used to get the bubble gum or chewing gum when you were a kid from the dairy mm-hmm. and it'd have like a fact on it and then it'd have like that tattoo that you could... Oh, yes. Yeah, one of them things. Those were cool. They were cool. Back before henna became popular. Yeah. I, I got a dragon on my hand once. Henna takes a very long time to fade off my skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those two on your arms still haven't gone away. Man, you must have had those for years. They look like they were done by some sort of professional. I went to the professional henna person. A professional henna person. As we all know, they love to be called that. (laughs) No, no, they want to be called artists. Artists. Yep. Um, So the pickled onion story. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not an animal. No, but it was treated like one. So this was on a very strange evening. I don't know. Maybe there was a gas leak and we didn't have gas, so it was something. <laughs> maybe it was carbon monoxide. Maybe I'm in a dream right now and I'm imagining all of this. Well, thanks for imagining me. So, I, I rock. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the things in my head, I made you. <laughs> and he, uh, like I say, it was usually at the dinner table. He would, find, he would find some sort of inspiration, something ridiculous, something weird. And he, we had pickled onions... In, in you know one of the jars and my sister liked them and my dad liked them and he took one out and he said you could make it into a pet just off the cuff and we all went yep yeah you <laughs> yep, could I guess you could and we were pretty young my sister and I were pretty young at this point and of course my mum does the whole yeah here we go <laughs> he's found something <laughs> I think and uh, so he got a couple of pins yeah and put them into oh the pickled God. onion for eyes and then he put the leash on 
and he took it for a walk. And I thought me having a pet rock was bad. <laughs> Did you take your pet rock for walks? I left it at the park one time. Oh, yeah. Didn't get it back. The pickled onion was... It was picky, by the way. Picky the pickled onion. <laughs> the pickled yep. onion. I like it. I uh, mean, that's actually... That's fine. And it was left in the fridge for a while, and it lasted a long time. Hmm. Every time we'd open the fridge, there he was. He didn't there. get out and see much, did he? No, unfortunately. He no. got to see... He got to read all the nutritional information about milk, though. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's a lot of that. Yeah. And he had such small eyes that it would have taken a whole day to oh, read a letter. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember one one day, he, uh, I, I said, Dad, I think Picky's gone. And it all shriveled up. <laughs> and the juice had all gone because he'd poked holes in it with the pins. Yes. So all of the juice was evaporating very, very slowly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then there was another time that we, we ordered pizza uh, from, from hell. Yeah. Uh, hell pizza, that is, not from hell. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the, he, he still hasn't forgiven me for that one time. Uh, and, of course, it was my dad's idea. A friend of mine was over, Widamu, and uh, my sister's friend um, worked for hell, and we thought that we were getting her doing the delivery, mm. but her dad ended up Ooh. coming. And we all had signs around our necks. <laughs> we all stood... My mum got in on this as well. M- me, my sister, my mum and my mate and dad all stood at the door as it, dad opened it. And it was all signs like McDonald's is better, <laughs> we wanted Burger King and all this other stuff. And so there's this man standing there and we go, hello. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Well, on, on that happy note, yep. it's all the time we have it for is. today. Uh, Sorry about the rambling, but you should be used to it by now. Yeah, see you guys (laughs) next time. Take care. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.